Hi, my name is Adam Levitan, and I am Stone Cold Buried. Yes, this is episode 249 of the official EstablishMentRun.com podcast, and we are coming off of a, I can't even bring myself to do the fake enthusiastic hello kind of week. Yes, that's right. This is my seventh year playing DFS seriously, and Sunday, week two, was the worst day I have ever had. Um, it's just tough, man. Like I, I just kind of walked around in a trance all Sunday night and Monday. Like I couldn't really breathe normal. I had like that kind of queasy feeling in my stomach, and you know, it's not really the money. I, I mean, I guess it's it's partly the money. You know, it's never fun to lose a Kia, of course. But I'm playing well within my role. You know, it's not the money as much as that feeling of wondering how good you are and. And is your process correct? You know, um, now that we're a couple of days out, you know, it's Tuesday noon. Um, it's kind of a silly thought, right? Like the macro thoughts. Like if you played Cooper Cup, you won. If you didn't, you got curb stomped. So I try not to let my head go to the more macro existential thoughts. And I know like many of you are probably waiting for the excuses, you know, the whining, you know, wah, it was just a close 2v2, you know, wah, the games are getting tougher, wah, the refs, wah, 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 you know, not here, not for me, you know, I played like shit on Sunday and I got a shitty result, that's it, you know, excuses and rationalizations are for the week, I really, really believe that, um, if we're playing the game, we have to take 100% personal responsibility for the results. Um, you know what actually made it worse? So I, I'm watching the Ravens Chiefs game on Sunday night, just trying to figure out, you know, what in the fuck just happened to me on the main slate. And, you know, Clyde Edwards Alaire fumbles. You know, dude just can't even produce as a primary back in a Patrick Mahomes offense. It's wild. But whatever. So I decided to tweet about first round running backs. Really didn't think it was a big deal. I was only trying to point out that even when they hit, you know, even when you hit someone really good, like, Saquon Barkley or, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, even if it's at running back, even if they hit, it's a bad pick. Like their wins over replacement, their career length, their injury rate. It's just so bad to take one in round one. That doesn't even factor what can happen when you take Rashad Penny or Sony Michelle or Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Josh Jacobs or, or whatever. Like running back just doesn't matter that much, you know? And I know that wide receivers and quarterbacks and linemen bust all the time also, but when you hit one, you have a huge part of a winning team. Again, running back just doesn't matter that much. Like Saquon is great. If he had stayed healthy, are the Giants a good team? You know, Tony Pollard, a fourth round pick on a rookie contract is better than Ezekiel Elliott, who you had to give a six-year, $90 million contract to. You know, maybe you can make a case that Derrick Henry is worth it. He's such a freak outlier. But I still don't think that Tennessee can win a Super Bowl with him in today's NFL. But anyways, I don't even want to get into all that. I really don't. You know, so I, I send that tweet about first round running backs, really didn't think much of it. And next thing I know, like fan Twitter or NFL Twitter or whatever the hell this, this hellscape is, is just bombarding me. Like, like personal insults. Like they just have no concept of running back value or the point I was trying to make. So I couldn't even open Twitter to look at anything, you know, which is probably for the best. It's just crazy, man. Um, anyways, for cash, you know, I, I defied the age model and I paid the price. I went with Manny Sanders, 34-year-old Manny Sanders, in order to get up from Cooper Cup to Amari Cooper. You know, just egregious. And, you know, I will note that my fear is on Jamar Chase, and obviously the 2v2 is Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup. I think my fear is on Jamar Chase in this spot were warranted. Dude only saw four targets, 
for a really bad 13% target share on a day Joe Burrow only threw it 30 times as they continue to ease him back in. I think week to week, it's going to be hard to pick out who out of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd will be best. But yeah, I mean, even so, you know, Jamar Chase's ceiling at 5K is obviously incomparable to what 34-year-old Manny Sanders can do. So yeah, again, that was the big decision. Chase Cub versus Manny and Amari, and I blew it, you know? And, and the thing that's sick is we had this monster projection on Cooper Cup early in the week. Monster. And even as we muted it and muted it and muted it, Cooper Cup was still on our optimal. Still. Ridiculous. And that should have been a sign to me. Um, as for tournaments, yeah, so the whole idea of GPPs is to capitalize on chaos. In tournaments, you know, yes, we accept that one NFL game is such a tiny sample. Crazy, crazy things are going to happen. How can we capitalize on that? Well, one obvious thing was Dallas and the Chargers could go sideways. You know, didn't think it was likely. Obviously, though, could get very contrarian very quickly and leap a huge part of the field if Dallas and the Chargers underperformed. And that's exactly what happened. And I think I did a good job of that, especially with late swap after the 1 p.m.s, 1 p.m. games. In other words, I had six GPP teams this week. None had Cooper Cup. So I was so far behind there at one o'clock. You know, Cooper Cup had 39.8 DraftKings points at 20 plus percent ownership. You know, it was just really tough to play any Dallas Charger stuff at four. And that was really the theme of the week. If you were in trouble after the 1 p.m. games, what did you do at 4 p.m.? Leone and the Tilt Space guys swapped onto Kyler, Rondale, Osborne, Gronk, ended up getting fourth in the juke or something like that. You know, some people swapped onto Derrick Henry and got a 50 ball. Russ Lockett was a good swap. You know, in our GPP game scores, that Seattle-Tennessee game was our number one game in the GPP game scores on DraftKings. You know, list goes on. So again, capitalize on chaos, the name of the game in tournaments, not trying to figure out the exact best plays. And I did not do a great job with that. I didn't swap onto Derrick Henry. You know, I swapped onto Kyler a couple times, but with DeAndre Hopkins, who was 10%. I swapped onto Tannehill Julio, but had Metcalf over Lockett. I swapped onto the Viking stuff, but no Osborne. In other words, I think I just didn't get weird enough given the situation and given the spot. Honestly, though, man, I, I really can't uh, talk about this slate anymore. It's depressing me. If you played tournaments and you want to learn more, I highly, highly, highly recommend the Leone Dink tournament review article slash show that went up on the site on Monday. The most thoughtful guys at tournament strategy really is great. All right. Before we get into listener questions, I want to remind everyone that we do have weekly and monthly subscription options available now. You get access to everything that full in-season has. Ownership projections, our full projections, shows, GPP game scores, props, air yards by low model, debuts this week, uh, Thorne's OLDL mismatches, Thorman's pace, tons more. Check it out. All right. Enough is enough. It is time for everyone's favorite portion of the program, the listener questions. Producer Luke, hit the theme music. Thank you to everyone for the questions. I actually didn't ask for new ones this week. These are leftovers that I wasn't able to get to over the previous few weeks. Question one comes from Haraj. She says, how granular do you get when it comes to late swapping your head-to-heads? Are you going through every single contest and trying to determine who your opponents might be and then playing uh, who your opponents might be playing, then making decisions off that? Or are you taking a broader approach and global swapping? Yeah, so I had 230 head-to-heads this week. There's just no possible way I can check them all between 3.15 and 4 p.m. Eastern. I mean, there's just no way. 
So I look through my highest stake stuff and I make decisions on an individual basis. I will say that in head to head, it's crazy, man. Every time I'm like, well, I just got a global swap. And honestly, this was like the one week where I was closest to doing it. But I started looking through the teams, the matchups, and people have played guys that I just never even considered. And like, I'm very, very live. So be very, very careful there. And I know, I know that I get better action than everyone else because I tell sex jokes on the internet and people like to battle me. Like, I get that. But even after my horrific 1 p.m. start this week, I'm telling you that global swap would have been a really big mistake. But in double ups, in double ups, I mean, yes, such an obvious swap spot because you can see the percentages and you know you have to beat so many people. So in double ups, I'm fine doing a global swap. Question two from Shandell Brambley says, how many fish shows have you been to in the last decade? Um, probably three or four. Uh, I went to a New Year's Eve show in New York City, uh, which was cool. Went to Atlantic City show at the old airport, the Bader Airport, which was really awesome. I think I went to maybe one or two in Philly. Um, but I don't really go for the music, right? Like, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not like one of those real fish people or anything. I pretty much go for the drugs and the atmosphere, you know, peace and love, peace and love, man. Um, definitely a good time. But like, generally speaking, I'm not really that into concerts or music, really. I don't know. Like, like, what do you do at a concert? You know, I'm not going to dance. Um, I definitely don't want to talk. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I know people like going to concerts. I'm just, I'm just not that human. Question three from M. Pizzle says, who is your favorite Stern Show staffer? And why is it Richard? Uh, I love Richard. I, I really do love Richard. I, I love Sal too. Uh, I love JD who actually may be listening to this right now. He loves fantasy football, but no, it's not close. My favorite is Ronnie, the limo driver. And again, I mean, it is not even close. This dude is such a sick, sick, sick fuck. Like just go to YouTube or Google or whatever and put in Ronnie, the limo driver sex tips. I mean, it's probably my favorite bit ever. Um, someone on YouTube a while ago put all of Ronnie's sex tips back to back to back. And, you know, like he has Mother's Day sex tips and Arbor Day sex tips. I mean, ridiculous stuff. And I usually listen to Stern when I fall asleep, you know, with my headphones in while my wife is already sleeping. And I was laughing, listening to this so hard that I woke her up. It's just so, so, so good. But yeah, I mean, Ronnie, for those guys who don't know, Ronnie is like 70 something. And I'm not exaggerating, like the horniest dude in America has like a 20 something year old girlfriend. Stephanie goes to strip clubs all the time, has cock rings, like has an ex-wife and kids, but he thinks like his life now is totally normal. I, I, it's, it's tough to explain exactly, but dude is just the best. Next question from Rick. He says, please discuss appropriate tipping protocols at restaurants as now we can tip in advance for carryout orders. Yeah, so I, I've been leading the pre-tipping movement for like a half decade now. There are just so many scumbags out there that I wouldn't blame the waiter or anyone else in the service-based industry if they just assumed the tip was going to be shitty. But if we pre-tip them and pre-tip them well, well, then we absolutely guarantee, stone-cold guarantee good service, guarantee they won't mess with our food. It's just a no-brainer to pre-tip. As for carry-out, I think you just go a flat five in most spots. That assumes you're the one walking up, you know, you're driving to this restaurant, you're walking up to the counter, you're getting the food, you're bringing it home. And that also assumes nothing outrageous in terms of amount. So like I'd say a $5 minimum on any order, you know, no matter what, $10 with a max of like 50 bucks maybe. As you go up from $50 order, I think the tip goes up from there. If you get $150 worth 
of takeout, I think 50 or 20 buck tip sounds right. It's just a really easy spot to be generous, you know, I think, and, and make a difference for, for someone else who's doing something that, like, I don't want to do. Next question from Fifth Ball. He says, my friends and I were interested in starting our own fantasy football podcast this year. What piece of advice or wisdom do you have for us? We've never done anything like this before, but we are excited. Yeah, that's awesome, Fifth Ball. Uh, congrats. I really do encourage people to just do stuff. Like, it's cool. You know a lot about football. You know, you like playing fantasy. You have some results or whatever. You know, you got your degree in sports media. But just do it. Like, if you want to do a podcast, if you want to do a show, just do it. Like, the barrier to entry right now is as low as it's ever been in the history of the world. Start a YouTube channel. Start a Substack. Start a Twitch. Start a podcast. Start a Patreon. Just start doing stuff, but actually doing it and see what works. If it's really good and it fills a need, you know, people will find it. Now, that said, I think, and I don't want to discourage anyone, but I think it's just tough to start a fantasy football podcast right now, given how many fantasy football podcasts are out there without some like niche angle. You know, it's pretty late in the game. I was lucky. I started this podcast way back before the 2015 season, um, had already done some podcasts for Roto World before that, you know, already had a way to market it through Twitter. But so, you know, it's tough to start now. I get that. But yeah, I mean, niche content, I mean, that's where it's at, man. That is where media is going. No one wants to pay for 700 channels on TV when they only watch six. No one wants to watch Sports Center if they have no interest in baseball or hockey or college football. They're only interested in the NFL. You know, like become a true expert in something as niche as possible and be entertaining when you're conveying the information, provide value. And I think you have something like, I don't know, man, like let's say you were the world's foremost expert on like playing five card Omaha. I I'd listen to that. You know, I would not listen to some random talk about, you know, regular Texas Hold'em. Or let's say you really love tennis. Like I'd for sure listen to a pod about like the first round of the Cincinnati Open. Like that'd be fun. So I don't know, man. I would encourage people to be as niche as possible, but yeah, just do it. Good luck, uh, fifth ball. All right, second to last question we're gonna do here comes from Nathan Boris. He says, do you consider Batman a superhero? You know, I gotta be honest, Nathan, I'm 38 years old. I'll actually be 39 in a few days here. I refuse to even think about superheroes. Like I wasn't even into superheroes when I was a kid. You know, I watched sports, I played sports, I stole Playboys from 7-Eleven. I don't even think I've ever seen a Batman movie or a Robin or, or Spider-Man or whatever it is. And I, it's like mind-blowing to me how successful these Marvel movies are, the superhero movies are among adults. I mean, just mind-blowing to me. I, I, I don't get it. And I'm not saying that it's wrong, like whatever, you like whatever you like. I like some weird stuff too, obviously. And my kids love it. Like I get that. Like kids love superheroes. It's just not for me. You know what's, uh, it's crazy. Like the older I get, the more I realize how few people are like me. Like the Marvel things making a billion dollars from adults. Like I just, there's just, it just hits me like no one's like me. And that's why I appreciate all you guys listening to the solo pod so much. I feel like we have some odd bond uh, somewhere along the way. All right, from the clutchy clutch, last question we're gonna do today. He says, how do you reconcile your diamond hands cash game approach, only running one lineup, with your paper hands NFT approach? Yeah, this is just what I need today, uh, clutchy clutch. I, I need to get needled by the NFT bros. Um, just what I need. Uh, I'm sure clutchy clutch is referring to the selling of our punk, our crypto punk, you know, the purple hair, 3D glasses, shadow beard. We sold it, I don't know, three weeks too early. Probably missed out on like 100 Ethereum or more. Um, 
you know, I'd say a couple of things. Anyone who says they can time markets is likely lying. Like not as bad as the people who are lying who say they can win betting on NFL sides and totals. Like those people are stone cold liars. Maybe some people can time markets. I don't know. But there's just a big chance that people who say they can time markets are lying. That's, that's number one. I'd also say that I'm just not that into art, period. Like, you know, I was in Europe a while ago. We were in all these museums and I just walked through them like as fast as I can, just trying to get to the other side. I, I, it's just embarrassing because I know that I should be cultured or whatever, but art just does not do it for me. I cannot get out of the museum fast enough. Like if I look at a Mark Rothko or a Jackson Pollock, I watched that movie. I forget the name of it about the people who, who made forfeits of those imitations and sold them for millions. Like an actual Rothko or Jackson Pollock costs like a hundred million or more. And all I can think of is I could do that. Like I, I, it, it's crazy. And I'm a horrible artist, horrible, horrible, horrible artist. So I, I think punks are really cool though, man. Like I think the thesis of them being first is really cool. But all the punk ripoffs, you know, the apes and the, I don't even know, all, all this art, it's just, it's just not for me. So I'm really at peace with the way it's all played out, way more at peace than I am with playing Emmanuel Sanders. You know, when, when I see all these people like tilting the shit out of me, victory lapping their NFT stuff on Twitter, I just close my eyes and I breathe in through my nose and I breathe out through my mouth and I quietly chant in my head, fantasy football, fantasy football fantasy football and, and and honestly does help it's 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 really recommended all right that's gonna do it for this edition of the solo pod i will be back with silva later tonight for team by team pods for producer luke for jerry i am adam good luck everybody mm-hmm.